Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Silver on the Sage podcast is celebrating one year of successful podcasting today. So Dylan McDermott, the singer-songwriter of the podcast song Confluence, is joining me today to reflect and recollect. Uh, We're going to share some fun trivia, some podcast stats, and memories. Um, We're also going to highlight Dylan's Philmont story so you, the listeners, can get to know him a little bit better. Today, he earns a living loving what he does as a music teacher, local performer, and luthier. We are commemorating our one-year anniversary with the official Silver on the Sage podcast coffee mug. It is a beautiful 15-ounce teal ceramic mug showcasing the podcast logo. So if you'd like to purchase one and support the show, uh, the mugs will be available by the end of the week. Stay tuned. I will post on social media where, when, and how you can get yours. Lastly, we have an exciting announcement towards the end of this episode, which will reveal a special project that we've been working on. So let's kick it off. Happy birthday, Silver on the Sage podcast. I raise my glass to everyone who has interviewed, donated, suggested content, and supported the show through and through. Let's keep hiking. Okay, everybody. Uh, I am here with Dylan McDermott. He's coming um, from Lincoln, Nebraska, my hometown. So, how are you today, Dylan? I am doing well. How are you? Good. It's a good. It's a good day. It's a celebration day. It is. Hey, congratulations! Cheers. I've got some coffee in my Philmont mug. <laughs> Cheers to one year. Yeah. Thank you. Incredible. Uh, it is. It's. It went by really fast. Uh, yeah. You. You have been with me from since the beginning. So, uh, you know, taking it way back to just even I remember talking about it in Minnesota. Uh, Side note, Dylan is my brother in law. He's married (laughs) to my sister, Carly. So he's family. And um, you were part of the original birth of the podcast, helping me decipher different plans and uh, and where this thing might go. And um, totally. So that so that's why I wanted to invite you on the show today to celebrate and to say thank you for being there with me since the very beginning. Absolutely. This is a really special episode. We have two fun announcements that are going to come towards the end of the episode. But I do want to start off with Dylan talking to you about your Philmont story and kind of introduce totally. you to the listeners since you are the writer and musician behind the beloved Silver on the Sage podcast song, yes. which is titled Confluence. So I want to give listeners um, a little bit more of your backstory so they can get to know Absolutely. you better. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. Okay. How did you first hear about Philmont Scout Ranch? So, uh, I suppose it starts back when I started dating your sister. Uh, so probably, so we dated, started dating in 2008, I believe. Um, I met her in high school and, uh, pretty quickly I started hearing about this magical land called Philmont. Uh, first, I think from your dad, he found out pretty quickly that I was a musician, uh, as is pretty much everybody in your family. And so he would play all these tunes that he learned at Philmont and he would tell us stories. I didn't quite understand it yet. 
And uh, as as we've all had that issue trying to explain Philmont to people who haven't been there, I uh, I was in that boat. I had no idea what he was talking about. I didn't grow up in scouting. Uh, and so I didn't have that uh, background either to kind of help me out. Um, and it for a while there, for the first few years, it was just this place in New Mexico that Caitlin and Jimmy went to for three months over the summer. They wore really cool clothes, maybe played some music, and then they came back. <laughs> and that's that's about all I knew. But uh, I definitely I heard a bunch of of fun stories, and it was very intriguing. But it really wasn't, honestly, and I was thinking back on this, it wasn't until I think you showed us uh, the Philmont documentary that Larry, Larry McLaughlin made, shout out, uh, where it, it just clicked. I was like, okay, seeing the land, following a trek through uh, Philmont, it really helped out. And that's when I was like, okay, I think I get this and I think I want to go. Uh, you and Jimmy sat Carly and I down with applications. You helped us fill them out. Yeah. Um, so for the listeners, you were a PC at Bobian in 2012, which was your first summer. And then in 2013, you were a PC at Crater Lake. And coincidentally, in 2012, I was the camp director at Bobian. So we got That's to right. work together. And yeah. also coincidentally, that summer, Carly was a PC at Cyphers and Jimmy was her CD at Cyphers. Yeah. So it yeah. was... Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it, was, it ended up being a family affair. And just a fabulous summer like they all are. It's funny because for me, the memories are so intertwined and I also have forgotten things. But in my mind, it's just like it was so natural that, of course, you would go to Philmont and yeah. and be a, be a part of it just because you were a part of our family. So absolutely. Um, I was going to say, did you have any hesitation or did you have any, oh, any of your friend, friends or family be like, wait, what, dude? <laughs> yeah. M- pre- yeah. My family. Uh, my parents, they were like, you're going where to do what? And I was like, no, 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 it's all right. It's going to be super fun. Uh, yeah. But even I personally, I, um, yeah, I, I had never done anything like that before in my entire life. I hadn't lived away for any amount of time. Um, I hadn't really worked at a camp uh, like this uh, at all. And so it was, yeah, initially there was, um, I was definitely nervous. But one thing that helped, um, Right before the summer of 2012, uh, while Carly was in Spain, I actually went and visited Red River, uh, which I feel like we could do an entire podcast episode <laughs> just on that trip. Yeah, <laughs> uh, There was some wild stuff. Um, but it, your parents were actually going down to visit because you were working right at Philmont. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the, I was working the winter season and Jimmy right. was a ski instructor in Red River. In Red, yeah. And so your parents were going down to visit and your dad was a pilot and he's got this little plane. And so uh, I asked if I could ride along and there was an empty seat and they said yes. Uh, and so we flew in this little, fl- flew in this little plane uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska, all the way to, I think we landed in Raton. Yeah. And then I think you picked us up. I think we made a brief stop at Philmont. Yeah. On our way to Red, I think yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first time that I had okay. ever been there. I forgot that that came before you worked there. Yeah, that drive um, from Simron into Philmont into Pace Camp, I love it. I think it's beautiful. Uh, it's it is a shock to the system. I think that's been mentioned on the podcast for people that uh, don't grow up uh, in that terrain, and but I, I fell in love with it instantly. And, uh, I think we, I think we stopped at the museum for a little bit. We weren't, we weren't there for very long. 
and then we made made our way to red and uh chaos slightly ensued following but uh i ended jimmy somehow i don't i don't know how he pulled this off he somehow got me a job on the mountain and so i was i had never skied before in my entire life uh actually may have once when i was a young kid but in colorado but i didn't remember anything i somehow got a job uh teaching kids how to pizza and french fry and whatnot um <laughs> and I, I didn't have any gear so i was out there Jimmy kept calling me a Texan uh, because I was just wearing blue jeans on the mountain. And I guess that's what Texans do. And uh, so uh, I taught kids how to pizza and um, hung out in red. And that I met a bunch of people. I met Tim Culver, Tim Borden. I think I think Jimmy was in the, a band with them called Jimmy Tim Tim. And uh, we saw him play music. And that was the first time. It wasn't directly at Philmont, but there were Philmont people involved. And that community was there. And that was kind of my first exposure. And I had a blast. And I loved it. And that got me super excited for the following summer. So I'm so glad you brought up brought that story back up. Yeah. There are there's so many funny takeaways from that. I remember yeah. uh specifically um celebrating Mardi Gras and you yes. were there for that and which yes. is a, a big celebration in Red River every year. I was also 20 at the time and so there were there was a lot of shenanigans going on getting me into uh local establishments but it was super <laughs> fun. I think we lit off fireworks in the street at one point. It was um yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was definitely one for the books. Um, okay. So fast forward, summer of 2012, we're at Bobian. I'm the camp director. You're a PC. Um, what, what was your, what are some takeaways from that summer? Something, uh, your favorite parts, challenging parts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fast forward. Uh, I, I couldn't wait to get back out there and I, was just eating everything up. I couldn't get enough of it. And I, I fell in love with the place. Uh, uh, once we scattered, I absolutely fell in love with Bobian. It's, I, it's so beautiful. The meadow, I loved the cabin. I loved everything about it. There, there definitely was a, uh, a learning curve, uh, to be had. Uh, I would say that was probably the most challenging part for me, learning the scouting lingo, learning the Philmont lingo. I had never really camped before, I had never uh, uh, hiked a whole lot in the mountains before. Um, and so uh, that learning curve at the beginning was probably the most difficult part for me, but it, it came quick. And we we had a uh, kind of a fun ragtag group of, of people there. And I fell in love with everybody there, had a um, built a lot of good friendships, many of whom I'm still talking with today. Yeah, it just... It was an incredible summer. I was thrilled to be back as a camp director um, after being a PC my first year. I am trying to think of specifics. I remember that summer, towards the end of the summer, you know, when you get kind of stir crazy. Uh, you so it was it was all guys, and then Rachel Hadaway. Rachel. Shout shout yeah. out Rachel. Shout uh, out. Yeah, Rachel and I, the two girls, and so towards the end, everyone was kind of losing it, and we I let the guys I let you boys build like this loft above the pantry and it became this like little fort you guys were hanging yes. out in and everyone just reverted to like this childhood playful oh mentality gosh. um isn't, i also isn't that funny i almost forgot about that until yeah. you said it yeah. yeah yeah i totally remember that that was super fun <laughs> yeah i remember um 
like on on our, on those last couple of days, we would go out and like have picnics in the meadow for lunch yes. because yes. we were trying to eat all our food. Yes. So we have all this food to gather with, and we had low crew loads, and so we'd yeah. just go like bask in the meadow and have an hour plus long totally. lunch. And uh, yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember towards the end there for some reason we just kept getting an obscene amount of donuts sent to us. And so I remember just like throwing packets of donuts at <laughs> like, scouts, just yeah. like, take them please. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Oh gosh. Do you want to share the, or you think Dan would be upset? The lightning story? No, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so it's, so, I, think, I think 10 years is enough time, yeah. which by the way, is insane. It'll be 10 years right? this coming summer. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe it. I can't either. Um, no, I think I think ten years is enough. So there, uh, there was a call in on the radio that somebody had seen smoke, and I forget where it was. It was it was in our AOR. Yeah, um, it was like down towards. Um, I mean, yes. it was like lo- Lobo, and then out to Lookout, I believe. Yes, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um, and I was on porch duty, and a kid named Dan Edwards, who that's kind of a cool story. We sh- we should circle back to that how we met, we should. and um, we should. Should we, should we just back up and circle back to that? Let's real do quick? it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Dan is basically family too, and um, Dan was a ranger that summer who got injured, and they ended up putting him with us at Bobian as our yeah. second cook because we only had one cook um, at the beginning of the summer. So he was. I'll never forget it, Dan. You were in our in the kitchen grating cheese, helping us grate cheese. <laughs> for quesadillas or whatever for lunch and you know saying how you um couldn't be a ranger anymore and i was just like let me get chris sawyer on this and you can be our cook yeah Uh, and so he became part of our staff yeah and i'm and i'm very glad that he did i i remember um i remember i was on porch duty that day too and uh this ranger came walking up and he was kind of limping along and uh, I don't know where he was. I don't remember where he's coming from, but he was trying to hike back to base or maybe maybe he was coming, maybe trying to catch a ride since his ankle was hurt. And we ended up sitting on on the front porch swing at Bobian talking for like three hours. And that's one of the things I love most about Philmont is, that, I mean, n- n- in any other setting, I don't know that me and this kid from Southern California would have enough in common to talk about. Maybe we would, but it was just this perfect moment where we sat and we talked and then you came out and talked to him and then he went back in and started grating cheese. And, and soon enough, he was out there as our cook and he's one of my best friends to this day. And then you guys had a close encounter with mother nature one day, uh, which (laughs) I'll let you yeah, circle around and tell that story. The report of seeing smoke came in and I was on porch duty. Dan was cook. And so he was just hanging out and uh, you kind of looked at us and said, uh, we need somebody to go redirect crews so that they're not hiking straight in into this possible fire. Dan and I being young and excitable and kind of idiots, we like <laughs> without thinking sprinted back to our cabin, grabbed our, our packs and just left. As everybody listening knows, every afternoon, it seems like <laughs> they're... Uh, there's always a possibility of rain and we got to our spot. That's probably the the fastest I've hiked ever because we were, our adrenaline was pumping. We were so excited and we got to, we got to the spot we were supposed to, uh, redirect crews and we were hanging out. I remember Dan had a pack of Skittles. We were chomping on some Skittles, having a good time. And then the clouds rolled in 
And yep. we're like, okay, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> we'll be fine. And then it started raining. And uh, silly us, we checked our packs and we didn't have our rain gear. Uh, always be prepared, right? We were not. <laughs> and it started raining. And then it really started raining. like Torrential downpour. The most ridiculous rain I've ever been in. And then it started lightning. And it was lightning. The lightning was striking very close to us. I mean, across the meadow, we were watching it strike trees in, in the Ooh. the far ridge. And it it was terrifying. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, Dan and I uh, instantly bonded. And we may or may not have huddled very closely uh, to each other during this time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when you look a man in his eyes and see that this uh, this might be the end, uh, I think it's inevitable that you're bonded for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> so we embarrassingly had to get on the radio and ask if anybody was in the area and could bring us rain gear. Luckily, so I think actually Phil Lewis, I believe, um, uh, was in the area. He drove out. And at that point, it was raining so hard. I think whatever small fire people were seeing had been put out. Yeah. And he's like, just get in the truck. We're heading back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which was, in the moment, incredibly embarrassing and frustrating. But 10 years later, it's hilarious to think about. And uh, I think was the beginning of Dan and I's real relationship. So also, I I, I, I still had sh- shampoo uh, in my pack. This is my favorite part. This is yes. my favorite part. Yeah. In my pack from days off, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I came back and my backpack was sudsing. Like bubbles yeah. were coming out of it because we were <laughs> so soaked. Uh, and so that uh, that's just another hilarious moment. Yeah small detail um <laughs> and you're also you i'm pretty sure you had your your cell phone in there which was probably a flip yes, phone that's right and so we found yeah. some rice and did the rice threw that in there threw that in yeah. there and it, it worked fine but yeah it was saved yeah it was that was quite a day <laughs> yeah we uh we should have been prepared we should have should have had our ring gear <laughs> i'm sure you were next time there's always a first oh, yeah. time so yeah, yeah. <laughs> B- believe me we, i n- never forgot it after that there so. you go do you want to jump to Crater Lake a little bit and talk about that summer? So you came back then in 2013 yeah. as a PC at Crater. Yep. After Bobien, Dan and I stayed in, in contact and we talked often in the off season. And uh, we kind of knew we were each going to apply for Crater. And we we definitely were trying our best to get at Crater uh, together. And we did. And so Dan and I worked another summer together. Dan, this time as a PC uh, and I was a PC as well. That was that was another incredible summer. I loved it so much. I mean, performing music every night at that campfire bowl. It's just uh, it it never got old. I, it, I that's one of one of the things that I miss dearly about Philmont is that view from that campfire bowl is absolutely stunning. And we performed music uh, every single night. That whole the whole uh, staff there. Uh, they're all solid dudes. Uh, I love them all. And yeah, it was it was a super fun summer. Carl Hubbard was our CD. Shout out, Carl. One, one of the interesting things about that year was we had uh, the fire evac. I think all of South Country, more yep. or less, was yep. evac'd. Uh, and so, uh, th- yeah, that was an interesting part of it. It wasn't too terribly long, but 
there was a there was a moment there where we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. Were, were we going to be stuck at base camp for uh, the foreseeable future? And so that that uh, kind of worried me. But we ended up getting reassigned to Poblano, and we just doubled up uh, logging boys, uh, all the loggers together, and that ended up being super fun. I can kind of say that I worked at Poblano, <laughs> even though it was for, I don't know, a couple of weeks at most. Um, the uh, Poblano boys that year were very welcoming. We uh, we split uh, pool time. We did campfire together. It started off kind of uh, stressful and unsure of, of what things were going to look like, but uh, it ended up being, being really, really fun. Man, I, I remember... Um, doing that evacuation um, as a backcountry mm-hmm. manager that summer, that was pretty wild. I was I was super yeah. impressed with how quickly um, we got everybody out of there. And it's thankfully, incredible. yeah, thankfully the fire didn't reach Philmont boundary. So um, we got to continue on that summer pretty regularly. Do you want to talk about any uh, fun legacy that you got to be a part of in the while in the backcountry? Yeah. As far as traditions, nothing, uh, nothing too out of the ordinary outside of the Phil Fiestas. I, I do know we did one at Crater, and that I, a bunch of people showed up for that one, so that one was fun. We did it like country club themed. I forget who came up with that, and so we like I think somebody got their hands on some golf balls, and and their golfing was somehow involved. And Dan, being the cook at Bobby Inn, and then uh, he had previous. Uh, cook, uh, I think he learned how to cook from his dad, who's an excellent cook, and I, I think he put together quite a feast for everybody. And um, and so outside of that, uh, nothing too crazy. So yeah. And then was there anyone specifically that I don't know really looked up to or anything? Uh, word word uh, around the ranch in 2012 was that uh, you may or may not have been the best CD on the ranch. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Speaking from personal experience, uh, I I would agree with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I I definitely learned a lot from you. I, uh, incredibly well organized, incredibly passionate uh, about presenting the best program for the scouts. I learned uh, reverence for the land uh, out there from you. I, uh, I I just learned a ton of really great lessons from you that summer. I would also throw Dan in there. I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Uh, just a kid from being uh, from California, um, Dan is, and me being a kid from Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, those two cultures combining. I just, I learned a lot from him. So I miss, I miss morning coffee on Bobian porch. I miss campfire at, at Crater. I miss the people. I miss the staff. Speaking of the music and the people, um, you have written and and you wrote and you played this beautiful song that everyone gets to listen to each time um, they they hop on here to Silver on the Sage podcast. Um, was there what was that what what was it like writing writing Confluence uh, for the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, I we we had chatted um, several times before uh, you'd brought up the idea of the podcast. And then you had mentioned that maybe you would uh, like me to write something for the intro. And so my my wheels started turning a little bit. I remember one of the first things uh, I wanted was um, I kind of I wanted it to sound like a memory, which is a very vague and <laughs> uh, oh, I like kind it. of kind of uh, 
a difficult place to start. So hopefully I got there. But uh, I remember, I don't actually, I think I told you this, I'm not sure. But I remember getting a text from you saying, okay, officially, I would like you to to try to, um, to come up with something. And I, I got that text and I saw it actually while I was playing uh, piano for a church service. And um, instantly, this melody just popped in my brain. I heard uh, a banjo and it was the da, 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 da. And uh, I actually got so worried. I liked it so much that I, I got worried that I was going to forget it. So I snuck out in between songs and I have a voice recording on my phone of me singing that quietly so that no I wouldn't way. forget it. I didn't know this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll have to play it for you next time we're together. But um, yeah, it feels it feels weird to actually claim a responsibility for the initial melody because it really just it just popped in my head. I I don't know. It, it And the rest of it, I kind of worked out. We knew the parameters. We knew we wanted it to be relatively short. I knew it needed to have a melody that uh, was somewhat self-containing. It kind of wrapped up within 15-ish seconds. And so I, I drove home real quick after the service and worked it out on the banjo, and that's what came out. I recorded it really quick, sent it off to you, and I was like, look, this just popped in my head. Uh, please let me know if yeah. you want me to keep working uh, on a different melody. But it uh, sounded like you 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 loved it, and um, that was that was the melody we went with. Yeah, it's uh, I, I like how you said like it's it's kind of like the podcast for me too. Like it's hard to claim uh, ownership, if you will, of something right. that feels so much bigger than yourself. Um, and so I mm-hmm. think that's really beautiful. And I'm just so appreciative of your talent and your time helping me out with the song. I know so many people love it, and. Uh, shout out to Chris Sawyer for the great name. It's titled yes. Con- Confluence, which is such a perfect symbol and uh, meaning is. behind the tune. So, I'm I'm incredibly humbled. Uh, it seems that people are have connected with it, and that's all. That's more than than what I could have hoped for. So, uh, I'm glad I'm glad it worked out. And you're still writing music, uh, playing yeah. music, teaching music. Music is a huge part of your life. And I'd love to, for you to share that with listeners, kind of what you're up to and uh, your background yeah. with music a little bit. During my time at Philmont, um, I was technically enrolled at the University of Nebraska. And during that and after Philmont, I really wrestled with what I what I wanted to do. I, I, I just I couldn't find anything that felt right. Uh, many years later, I think I owe Philmont this, that um, I think it taught me, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I think it taught me that it's uh, possible to love the work that you do. And I, f- I fell in love with, um, I mean, I, I, I really did love my job at, at Philmont. And I don't think I really experienced that previous to that. And later on, I think that's what I was searching for. Uh, and I never quite found it until I watched a documentary of a couple in Canada that build banjos. Uh, their names are Ferris and Jason Romero. And I w- it was it was this short 12, 15-minute documentary on YouTube uh, about their lives. Uh, he builds banjos. She does the inlay. Uh, and they're all handmade. And I was like, okay, well... I didn't realize that was necessarily an option. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, and that is when things kind of took off. And I started doing research. I found a school in Michigan called uh, Gallup 
a guitar school and they offered a six month program. And in, I believe it was 2017, the end of 2017, I did a six month program. I moved with Carly, my wife and our, let's see, he was about one and a half, one, one and a half year old son. And we moved to Michigan and, um, he might've been older a couple of years, but, uh, we moved to Michigan for the for the program. And, um, it was an intense six months. We built four instruments, uh, an electric guitar, two acoustics and an archtop. And, uh, I learned a ton and I loved it and I couldn't get enough of it. I, I finally found the thing that I was kind of searching for. It, it, it is difficult work, but I fell in love with it. And that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm doing today. So I came back uh, to Lincoln, and um, I started saving up for tools. Uh, we bought a house. I turned the garage into a shop, insulated, put up walls, got a heater and air conditioner. I am here shortly going to launch my repair business, and then hopefully not too long after, start building custom guitars and other instruments as well. In conjunction with that as well, I teach music lessons. So I've got about 30 students. Uh, I teach piano, guitar, mandolin, banjo. My my life and my work revolve around music, music making, and um, very yeah. happy about it. You guys are both um, this amazing entrepreneurial team. You know, Carly yeah. runs Jive Bookkeeping, and uh, you do lessons and and then the repair stuff on the side. You guys also um, are beautiful vocalists, and and you sing around in Lincoln for different um, events, weddings, funerals, etc. So you guys are just. Um, uh, you're killing it at life. And I, what the best part is, though, is, is like you said, you have fallen in love with a job that you love and the work that you do. Um, and that's the dream, right? So, yeah, some sometimes the dishes don't get done. Sometimes <laughs> the laundry uh, is a little behind. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have three boys, uh, almost seven years old, three and one. And so, yeah, a lot, uh, definitely keeps, you know, yeah. uh, you have three kids <laughs> yeah. uh, running the podcast. You, you just find the time. Some things may not get done, but um, that's all right. It's um, it's a beautiful time of life. It's it's wild and crazy, but really super fulfilling. So it's fun to share it with share it with you guys too. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about what we're celebrating today. So let's we are it. celebrating this podcast. It is officially one years old today. Here's some mm-hmm. fun quick stats. Uh, we are at about twenty one thousand downloads. This is episode 53, um, and we've got a little over 650 fans and listeners um, on our social media platform. So that is all, those are all numbers thanks to you, the listeners. So cheers to the listeners um, for hitting some of those cool milestones. I could have never dreamed for this much success. And I also want to acknowledge and recognize the Patreon supporters, the anonymous um, donors as well, who've supported the show financially. It gives me the ability to keep the show show rolling and to invest in some cool things such as our mug. Can you Ooh, see this? Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So we've got the official uh, Silver on the Sage podcast coffee mug or tea mug. It's this beautiful teal 15-ounce large coffee mug. And on the front, you've got the Silver on the Sage podcast cabin and then the full logo on the back uh, from the block print that we did um, and those will be available for sale on the website here shortly. So if you guys want to support the show, get yourself a 
Silver on the Stage podcast mug and add it to your Philmont mug collection, which several of us have way too many of. I'm going to buy like 20 of them. (laughs) They really look cool. They do. They turned out really nicely. So keep an eye out. I'll post on social media when those are available. And I like that they're the big, you know, 15 ounce size because yes. I add a bunch of crap to my coffee, like <laughs> cream and sugar. So I need that yeah. extra space. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, Is there know, anything though. else should I, we I, talk about? I mean, it's all just kind of bo- boring, like not yeah. a big deal, I guess. Not at all. Oh, wait. Oh, we did do that. We did a, the, do that thing. The in, thing? Uh, yeah, that thing. In, in early December, um, yeah. you, guys, you guys all showed up at my house we in did. Iowa. <laughs> yeah, what was that about? So we have another surprise that we're really excited about. And that is that there is a album that has been recorded and is soon to be released. Um, it is no surprise that there have been several albums recorded by Philmont Talent. You know who they are. The Tabasco Donkeys, The Rifters, Ry Taylor, The Tennessee Boys, The Sala Project, um, and I'm sure there are many others. So music is obviously this huge part of the Philmont, Philmont culture. And if you recall a while back, I asked the listeners to suggest what song it was that reminded them of Philmont And we gathered all those suggestions and those recommendations and we compiled a list and uh, we we picked our our top eight to ten songs and um, decided to put together an album that would just represent Philmont, um, some of the classics, but also some new songs um, that we wanted to sing and share with you guys. So it is a album that showcases uh, female harmonies and vocals and um, includes myself and my sisters, Caroline, Carly, and Claire. And then, of course, the talented musicians, Dylan McDermott and my husband, Jimmy Lowe. I've been super excited uh, yeah. for this. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we worked uh, really hard on this. And what I love about it is there's definitely going to be songs uh, that people recognize there's going to be a lot of banjo, a lot of fiddle, a lot of mandolin, but there's also those are kind of the the instruments and the style of music that I immediately think of when I think of Philmont. But there's also uh, other types of music that, uh, for one reason or another, whether I was listening to it while I was at Philmont or uh, uh, what have you, there's other styles and other types of of instruments uh, that that remind me of of my time at Philmont, and those are also included. And so I think it's a really good combination of uh, and group of songs. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for people to listen to it. We have been working our tails off. We'll just be honest. Dylan and I yeah. have been um, every day talking about songs and um, working on the behind the scenes stuff. I've designated myself as the CD and Dylan has been my ACD, my right hand man on this project, which has just been kind of this whirlwind experience. Uh, yeah. Just just like the podcast, you know, it, it was an idea I had and I just dove in and yeah. um, just like the podcast could not have done it alone. So I really uh, just want to thank my sisters, Claire, for flying in from California, Caroline, yeah. for traveling down with your baby and bringing him along. Yeah. And of course, uh, you, Dylan and Carly, for making the trek to Iowa too. So I will just say we're hoping to have it released by uh, the end of February. And um, in the meantime, we're going to try to throw some singles or some snips of songs at you guys to get you excited and pumped up to listen. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, we uh, we put a lot into it, and um, uh, I think you'll be able to hear that. And I'm looking forward to releasing it. Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll have some more updates about when it'll be released, how you can listen, etc. Also, um, alongside the mug and this our, our one year anniversary, it's just it's just another way to celebrate the podcast and the listeners. As I was rattling off kind of those statistics of of what the podcast has achieved in one year, the number I wish I had that I don't have, I could probably come up with it, but I'll spare everyone, is the number of hours that I've spent working on the podcast. And I'm not doing this to brag at all. That's not the impression I want to get across. I want to get across that I have spent so many hours working on the podcast and they've been the best hours of my year. It's work worth doing. It is falling in love with your job, Dylan, like you said. And I'm just really grateful to be able to dedicate my time to the Philmont staff and the Philmont community and to have um, so much support. So um, thank you all. As a listener, you are connecting people in a way that wouldn't be possible without this podcast. You're creating a community uh, around a place that we all love. And cheers to a year. And yeah. here's here's to many, many more. Thank you for being along with me on the ride since the very beginning. And Dylan, do you have an 11th essential? Ooh. So there's probably something more practical. Uh, but I would just say some sort of hikeable instrument, whether that is uh, a mandolin, uh, something small, or a backpacking guitar. I love being outside in the mountains uh, with an instrument. So... That would be uh, my 11th. All right, everybody, to wrap this one up, um, we want to share a little sneak peek. Um, We're going to close this episode with a clip of one of the songs that will be on the album. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy this little preview. And as always, thanks for listening and celebrating with us here today. Let